Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. My name is Trevor Bohm and I will be your host. Every week or so, I try to get myself a fascinating human on the mic for you, someone who looks at the civilized world just like you do and says no thank you. Someone who wants to break some rules, to lead, and to bring their unique vision into the world. Someone for whom the status quo simply will not do. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I do. Please dive in. Hey folks, welcome back to the Uncivilized Podcast. This is Trevor Boehm, your host, and oh my God, do I have an episode for you. This was a unplugged recording. So unplugged is a live show that I do from time to time where you all, the guests, get to interact with whoever the speaker is. And this month, this is this literally is my favorite podcast episode I've ever done. No offense to anybody who's ever been on the call before. This is Dr. Carla Clements. Dr. Carla Clements is a pioneer in MDMA and psychedelic use in therapy. She's also fucking hilarious. This, this call just will, it will literally leave you in stitches. I ask every guest at the end of the call, what is one thing that we can do for you personally? I'm not going to tell you Carla's answer, but it stopped the entire show. And I think most people peed themselves a little bit. They laugh so hard. I might have. Okay, I definitely did. So if you're interested in MDMA, if you're interested in psychedelics, if you're interested in trauma and healing and someone who at, in her 70s is at the forefront of this field, right? As a professional, as a therapist, not just someone who decided to do a bunch of drugs and then called herself a shaman, which is essentially like everybody in Boulder, Colorado or most people on Instagram, but an actual therapist, a teacher at Naropa, uh, a colleague of Dewey Freeman's. This woman is absolutely amazing and hilarious. And just like the grandma that you either never had or wish you still, you still have. So without further ado, it is truly the greatest of pleasures to introduce Dr. Carla Clements to you. Please bear with the fact that this is a live recording. So there may be some some things that don't sound like it's a, a conversation one-on-one -on -one just then and there. We we do take some some questions from the audience as well. So enjoy this, Dr. Carla Clements. Here we go. Beautiful. Uh, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery, please close your eyes and take a breath and just drop into your body. Just feel what wants to be felt. Welcome any tension, any anxiety that still be left, may be left over from the day. Welcome in any curiosity about what's going to be chatted about in the next hour. Feel your shoulders drop maybe an inch. Relax your jaw, relax the space between your forehead. Let's take one last breath in together and blow it out. If you left the room without leaving the room, please come back into the room. If you left your body, please come back into your body. And we will get cracking. I am recording, correct? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. 
All right, everybody, welcome to Uncivilized Unplugged. For those of you who are new to me, my name is Trevor Bohm. I'm the founder of the Uncivilized Movement, the Uncivilized Nation, and anything, any other word that I can attach the word uncivilized to, I'm trying to be the founder of that. Uh, I want to thank our generous sponsor. I actually interviewed the CEO of this company right before having uh, popping on, Carla. His name is Joe Sheehy, and the company is Cured Nutrition. If someone wouldn't mind throwing this in the chat, it's curednutrition.com forward slash uncivilized. And if you use the code uncivilized, they'll give you a pretty sweet discount. And this is CBD products, CBN products, uh, all kinds of amazing stuff. And they actually were sponsors of the podcast when the podcast was me and three of you. So they've been there, been here from the beginning, back when I was pretending to talk to an audience that wasn't really there. Uh, they've been a huge part of our, our growth and a huge part of our uh, huge support. So again, for those of you who are new, this is the frame for Unplugged. Uh, I wanted to, I want this to feel like Carla and I are just sitting on my couch, shooting the shit, talking about extraordinary things and giving you all insight into it and giving you all access to it. So please throw questions into the chat. Katie, would you mind throwing the uh, forward slash on on that? And we'll, we will get to them at the end, or if I feel like they're really pertinent in the moment, we'll, we'll perhaps ask her. And so tonight's guest, Carla, I know very little about you, uh, but I, as I said, I, I can kind of, maybe I'll just intro <laughs> you as like, she's the fairy godmother of therapy or the grandma of psychedelics. Uh, without further ado, everybody, <laughs> I'm sure there's more, but Dr. Carla Clements, welcome to Uncivilized Unplugged. It is truly, truly a pleasure and an honor to have you here. Thank you so much, Trevor. I appreciate yeah. that. For those of those people who may not know your background or your, your vast history in this field, would you mind just giving <laughs> us a little bit of of history of what you've done and, and what's led you to where you are now working with um, working in the way that you work, let's call it. Sure. I discovered psychedelics uh, in the late 60s, early 70s through, you know, being a kid on the planet at that time. And uh, met most of my friends were also discovering psychedelics. And the magic of that world at that time just cannot be overstated. It was, it was incredible to be alive and to be part of that. And, uh, you know, none of us that I knew jumped off any buildings or, you know, had to go have our um, heads shrunk or anything. We were, we were pretty okay with it. And uh, so while we heard these very, very scary things about, what this was going to do to us, you know, and I, I have to confess, I had a few moments about, but while my kids have, you know, funny heads or whatever, um, I, I actually uh, didn't succumb to the fear and the uh, panic that was going around in those days. And uh, so my experiences were incredible. They were transformative. They were beautiful. They taught me things about this world and about myself and about my mm -hmm. friends that have been with me ever since. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was a great beginning to um, psychedelic world. And then in the 80s, you know, when they got shut down, it was 
Um, you know, the government has never been my friend. I love your um, un, um, unhinged, what is it called? I forget. Unplugged. Sometimes it's, <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it, it's a mix of anything on un, uncivilized, unplugged. Yeah. yeah, uncivilized, that's what I meant. Not Sometimes unhinged. unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> um, at any rate, we were doing some therapy in the 80s with MDMA before it was illegal. And it was an incredible experience, incredible drug. We just saw it as the, you know, the best thing since sliced bread for therapy. So of course, when everything got shut down by the government, it was a really hard time for all of us. And it felt like we were going back into the dark ages for sure. So it was an incredible gift to me in, I think it was 2017 when I was approached by some friends of mine to be the independent raider for the Boulder study of the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, independent raider for that study, the phase two study with PTSD and um, psychedelics, well, MDMA. And um, so uh, that's kind of what threw me into stardom was really that. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Can I ask, and I don't want to let this sidetrack us too much, but how did it feel in the 80s losing that tool? Like, was there an uproar from the therapeutic community? Was there a kickback or was it just like, gosh, we just lost something magical? You know, that's a really good question. I think many of us were devastated, mm. but it was a time of keeping secrets and it was a scary place to live this culture. And um, so that I don't know, I don't remember anybody going, you know, up and trying to do anything about it. We, I think we kind of just whimpered our way um, into kind of quiet about it. I think many of us continued to try to find avenues to bring it into the open and to use use it ceremoniously for ourselves, for mm -hmm. our friends. Um, but it was it was devastating to lose that. Yeah, um, and to see how powerful it was mm -hmm. and feel like we just weren't able to use that power. Yeah. You know, um, that was really hard. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Carla, what was it about it? If you can describe for someone here who's watching this and has zero experience with MDMA or psychedelics, mm -hmm. let's just stick with MDMA for a minute, mm -hmm. either rec recreationally or therapeutically. What about the experience enhanced therapy, open to therapy, or, or where was the magic in that in layperson speak? Um, MDMA allows you to have not one shred of fear. Mm. Your heart expands and opens and you feel able to think whatever scary thoughts have been there that you have resisted. Um, you can talk about things that maybe you've never talked about. Mm. You are undefended Ooh. in this amazing way that I don't think we ever feel as humans. Um, at least I've never felt it without uh, the assistance of MDMA. Mm. And um, it's, it's not a psychedelic in the sense that, you know, it's not a hallucinogen. You, 
you re- retain your um, agency for being who you are. And so for therapy, it's amazing because especially like in couples work, where couples might have trouble saying words to each other, they're afraid, they don't, they're scared of the consequences, they're scared of what's going to happen, what their partner's going to think or feel. So for that kind of an experience, it is just life-changing to be able to be there, be together, hear what needs to be said. And you can see that once that happens, it's much easier to go to that same place again and be that open and loving Mm. and spacious. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a fantastic experience. Yeah, I think my curiosity, I think, would be uh, on how we reaccess that. Meaning, yeah. if, if I did that with my partner and then went home, would I be like, yeah. um, yeah. shit, sorry about telling you all the stuff. Uh, yeah. What do yeah. we do now? How would someone get yeah. access to that space again? I think it actually is part of our nature. Mm. that has been sort of uh, scrubbed out of us by consensual reality um, and by the current conditions of of civilization, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever we, you know, quote unquote, civilization. Could you excuse me for just one second? Sure, sure, sure. Just take a moment. Beautiful. (laughs) Sorry about that. Don't worry. Don't Um, worry. I apologize. Anyway, we always um, say the uh, the itinerary subject to reality around. Her, so. <laughs> yes, that consensual reality <laughs> thing we were just mentioning it just happened. Um, <laughs> that actually, this is who we really are. What we are able to access on MDMA is is the open, spacious, honest, direct, clear you know, people that we were meant to be. And we get tied up in knots around, you know, crazy thinking things that we do as human beings. But it's it's uh, it's something that I think we can um, limit in our lives. Once we've had the experience, Trevor, I've noticed that, you know, it isn't like that. You just go back to a place of never having that experience. Mm. You know, you had it. And it propels you toward a greater health, in my opinion, wow. that, that your, your neurosystem is reset mm. to finding that place again and again and again. So that we, that's how we change. That's how we transform is to feel that incredible, pure spot and then achieve it on our own over and over again. No wonder the government wants to make it illegal and keep it from us. That makes precisely true. Yeah, precisely. Huh. yeah, they can see it there. It's it's going to be a lot harder for them to control or you know what we do if uh, and what we think. A yeah. lot harder. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, a question that was I was asked to ask you, and that was if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about transpersonal psychology. Oh, and your background to. on that and how psychedelics MDMA can re- like relate to or can help with that. I would love to. Beautiful. So I had these early experiences of these transformational 
you know, kind of empowerments, I call them in my mind, where I um, had access to a wonderful psychedelic uh, and it took me to a place I hadn't ever really anticipated even knowing about. So these things, these moments, these uh, places where you see a tree and you know that you and the tree are the same and that all things are made of the same stuff Mm. and that it's everywhere. It's just, uh, you know, it's just our particular perceptual system that stops us from having that view all the time. Mm. Does that make sense? So, you know, if we were a snake, we'd see differently through eyes. So this perceptual system that we have is actually keeping us from having that a lot. Mm. But it's always there. That's the reality. Uh, So having those experiences um, as an undergraduate, primarily, um, and then I went to graduate school and I was studying psychology. I wanted to be a therapist and I was studying psychology and um, they wouldn't even discuss Carl Jung. It was like they wouldn't even talk about Carl Jung, which I thought was like, this is sinful, you know, but they thought he was cuckoo, cuckoo. Um, And there was this huge gap between psychology and what I thought understanding human beings and human nature was. And this view of psychology that I was learning in school, which was unbelievably, it was so uh, clinical. It was so without human heart. It was so without love. It was so without passion of any sort. It was just, it was gross. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is not what I think a human being is. (laughs) Mm. I think you're wrong about that. Uh, So, for, I, I'm an avid reader. I love to read. And I found many wondrous books along the way. And I found a series of books that I started reading in probably late 70s, early 80s. And that was Ken Wilber. Mm-hmm. And Ken Wilber was kind of a, um, an icon of uh, integration, all things integration, even then, you know. And he came up with some really magical ideas that really resonated with me because I hadn't, I hadn't been able to come up with language that fit my experience. Okay. And he was giving me some language for it. He called himself a transpersonal mm. psychologist. And at that time he was, that was before he became an integral all things. And um, um, so during those years, I, I asked uh, John um, Davis, who was teaching school at uh, Metro, if he would send me his syllabus for transpersonal psychology, and and he did. Mm -hmm. And so I read everything on it and I said, oh my God, that's who I am. (laughs) That's what I do, that's the the way I see people. Um, It is a quantum view of Mm -hmm. reality, not a Newtonian view. Mm It is a broad network where we're like trees, especially aspen trees, and all of us are connected on those deeper levels of our being. Mm-hmm. And um, we're also connected to all things that are beautiful and you know special. And I mean, we're just connected. We're mm-hmm. part of 
part of the earth. Mm. And um, that changed a lot of things about how I viewed what I was doing as a therapist. I, um, I started exploring transpersonal psychology. I thought it was a little staid, you know, kind of like, you know, wearing a, a plaid skirt but still, you know, had to have a, have a skirt on and all that. So um, I started just creating my own um, understanding of this world. And I was so lucky because I met Dewey Freeman. The Dewey Freeman? <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, Dewey actually recommended that I apply for a job at Naropa. And um so I actually worked at Naropa and taught in the transpersonal counseling department for the last 20 years of my career and um, served as the chair and so forth so that I really got to steep myself in the theory and also help expand it. And uh, that was a real delight. Um, but even at Naropa, I didn't talk much about my drug use. Once in a while, I'd sort of you know, forget what I was doing and sort of, you know, get, get wild and crazy and say something and everybody would gasp. <laughs> but I knew that Dewey knew what I was talking about. <laughs> and I knew that a lot of people knew what I was talking about, you know, and so this, um, the transpersonal was the field that studied alternate states of consciousness mm. that was the only field that even allowed for the possibility right. and i loved that about it i love that it essentially identifies us as spiritual beings mm. with a you know human purpose but not sure. human beings and um i love that it explores those places that are unique and yet general to human life and mm -hmm. those special transformations that we make, mm -hmm. which has been a kind of, you know, intellectual um, study for me my whole life. I was interested in how does this happen that one mm -hmm. day you're this, you didn't, you could not see that optical illusion. Right, and then right. you did see it once and forever after you could never forget it was there. Mm -hmm. So it became this, um, kind of fascination that I had transpersonal psychology allowed for that and kind of explained it. And, uh, so it's a, um, a field of study about human beings that has been big enough mm. to hold a lot of what I believe and I've uh, not found an edge there that I don't, um, that I have to bump up against. Oh, uh, it's, it's a, a, a beautifully holistic, I think, explanation of what's happening, yeah. which feels like part of the challenge in any medical domain is that it's so siloed and so isolated. Yes. And we're not asking people about their totality. That's beautiful. Yeah. Can, can we walk back through, and I understand when you, when you said, okay, it allows, so if we're talking about MDMA and therapy, it allows us to access things that we wouldn't allow ourselves to access and therefore we have more material to work with is that yeah. an overgeneralization or can you expand upon that a little bit more so this midbrain which is the 
uh, it's just above the reptilian brain. And it, it kind of is like the thumb inside mm. of the hand. So this outer part is the cerebral cortex, which actually is the ego functioning that we have. And it's the mind. It's what do I have to do today? It makes lists, goes to the grocery store, all that kind of good stuff. Mm. But in here is the limbic brain. That's a very center of our heads, if we go in there. And its purpose has, has, well, it's actually next to the reptilian. It's the brain that's been with us the longest. So my fantasy is that back in the ages when human beings were just sort of developing, that, you know, a tiger would come by. And if you didn't pay attention you would get eaten and so you didn't survive and your particular you know ability to procreate didn't last very long and um so those of us that had strong amygdalas and uh hippocampuses and all that sort of stuff that was actually the fight flight and freeze response mm. this enabled us to live longer and be um more effective in our world right? As this little cortex was kind of growing and learning how to do things, the um, midbrain kept us alive. Mm. It did so because it never passed through the cortex. It just went straight to the belly, right? The neurotransmitters meters that tell us we're afraid are just oozing out of our bellies. The first brain is down here. Mm. And, um, that's how that a little amygdala works. If you get scared, you have transmitters surging all through your body, just like you stuck your finger in an electric socket and you go, <laughs> right? So there is a lot in this upper cortex that happens because of this limbic brain, but it's always secondary to what is actual, actually real for this part. And this part holds a lot of memory. In mm. fact, it holds what we call eidetic memory, um, which is an exact picture of things that happened to us. Okay. Now, memory, as you know, has kind of been debunked uh, through the last years. And they say that it's not very accurate and you can't really count on it and it probably isn't right and it didn't you know it's it's something but we don't know what but in my experience um even though it might be somewhat creatively adapted on after the fact it does have a very important function and that is that if we see another tiger we get the hell out of the way and um, that's how it works so you get this massive experience of fear and you learn one mm. trial <laughs> not to go there. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we function for many, many, many um, millennia and um, still do. So what happens is that we have memories that are exactly what happened. And then our mind begins to make meaning of them. And sometimes we can put a time schedule on it and so forth so that we kind of put it in the past. But those 
eidetic memories that we have, uh, they're flashback type, right? Mm -hmm. And those are pretty strong. They're very hard, in fact, to um, to change. Um, so my imagining about what goes on is that through the years that we're babies and we're learning and we're trying to, you know, find our feet, mm -hmm. um, you know, we we have this fear response and we learn that we're supposed to only say certain things and only feel certain ways and only dress like this and all these things. Some of us come out a lot more afraid than others, <laughs> you know, but essentially it's fear. Mm. And um, the ideas that we gather about what's dangerous eventually are as powerful as the real experience we have of danger. And they can keep us pretty shut down forever. In fact, we are even shut down to ourselves. Mm. We don't even think those thoughts because mm. that would be too, you know, that's scary. You think that you might say something, God knows what will happen to you. Mm. So we put them away. You know, we hide them back there. Sometimes we know we're having eidetic memories. Sometimes we don't. But when we go in to meet with our partner in a clinical setting, you know, let's say we haven't had the MTA, we're still scared and we're going to still uh, withhold things. But when we're on the MDA, it's like I look in your eyes and I see you and I feel my heart open. And I want you to know everything about how I feel. And so, you know, my mouth starts talking and, and I'm likely not to feel that fear so I don't stop. It's an opportunity to really explore what's real inside of us. Mm. Beautiful. God, beautiful. Thank you. Would you mind sharing a little bit about people, and I'm not advocating anything here, but people who choose to do this uh, by themselves or by themselves with a therapist as opposed to in a couple situation? Yeah. Is it the same idea that if you were my therapist, there are things I wouldn't tell you or things I would be afraid or just things that I wouldn't have access to? Yes, all of that. All of those would come up. Perhaps, you know, we would want to have sort of a, let me go back to the first part. I support everyone who wants to explore their own consciousness. This is ours. This does not belong to others. Our consciousness is ours to explore and ours to develop throughout our lifetimes. Mm. To me, that's the point. And as we do that, we expand and grow and begin to understand things in a new way that allows us to be more heart open and heartfelt in our lives. That to me is the goal. Mm. So no matter what you would want to do, as long as you were in a safe place and um, I include the bathtub with no water in it, I include you know, the, any natural space that you might find. Um, if you're safe, then there is nothing that can harm you here. It is simply mm. you unplugged. Mm. Right? <laughs> That's right. 
Um, and uncivilized, shall we say? It is the <laughs> uncivilized part of you. That's oh, Carla, amazing. we're gonna get you a bunch of T-shirts and some some beanies <laughs> and some swag, and yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that. I love it. I love it. All right, folks. I know it. This is it. Keep going. It's amazing. It keeps getting better and better. You haven't gotten to the brilliant part yet. Uh, if you haven't gotten a hands on your book, or my book rather. Man Uncivilized, as a Christmas present or a present to yourself, it is literally now available everywhere. It's on Amazon, it's on Kindle, it's on Audible, you can get it from me. So if you haven't gotten your hands on this book, please do. We have sold thousands of copies and I can tell you like 500 testimonials. Someone actually came up to me at the workshop two weeks ago and said, your book saved my life and continues to do so every day. Now, that is something I want to get into every single man's hand. Get yourself a copy of Man Uncivilized. Now back to Carla. Would you mind sharing a, a, a not a testimony, I don't want a testimonial, it's not the right word, but just some of, in your experience, how you've seen people transform in a yeah. real life, as opposed to just using the word as a blanket statement of yeah. before and after, the before and after picture of some of this work, if you could. Yeah. So for those of you who are very science-minded, let me say that while I can't speak to the results of the MAPS uh, experiment, because that really belongs to MAPS to do, and I don't want Would you to- mind saying what MAPS oh, is real quick for people It's who the don't. Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, MAPS, and uh, you can go online and look, learn all about it. But they were the sponsors of the study that I um, rated for. My job was just to do all the testing. And so I tested people at baseline. I screened out some people I didn't think were appropriate. Um, but if they had long-term and very difficult PTSD that was not amenable to therapy or other kind of trying to make it better, then they were appropriate for this. Mm. So um, I got to test them usually three or four times. And one of the times was before they started. And one of the times was after they were done, after a full year. Mm. And um, every client got some MDA, MDMA. It wasn't, no one got a zero dose because you would know whether or not you had some. So they, but they, the ones that got the full doses were the ones who changed the most. But in a scientific way, we have uh, multiple uh, layers of evidence that up to 80% of people um, are going to have complete remission of this kind of post-traumatic stress disorder, which comes with a host of really nasty symptoms and is a, a really, really hard place to live. So that was complete. I, I saw people who were like so ill before they did it and they were not even going outdoors. They were, um, they were so wounded that they, they had no family. They had no friends. They were unable to function really as, as people. And after a year, after these sessions that they had and the, the opportunity to do the MDMA, they were completely different. They felt like they had been given their lives back. They were able to be themselves, have partners, have families, go to the grocery store, be happy and live their lives like 
like everyone wants to. So in a scientific way, there's quite a bit of uh, data at this point that would indicate it's powerful, more powerful than aspirin. On a personal level, so for me personally, transformation has been about um, really finding myself, not necessarily recovering it in the same sense that that these people were trying to recover who they had been. Mm. Um, but mine was a lot about discovering what was real for me, what I really thought, what I really believed, who I, who I was, and the expanse of me. That I do not fit in some little tiny container that anyone might create for me or mm -hmm. think would fit. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, come to a place where communicating with all beings and all things and all the gods and the Buddhas and everybody out there is like just part of my life. It's the way I think. Right. Right. Because I've I've seen it and I know and I, I feel supported. Mm. by all that is wow. and so it would be um such a loss to me to not have known this part all these parts of me all the expanse of me right. um and really the beauty that i get to mm. carry the light that i have yeah amazing pretty damn so gorgeous special. thank you yeah yeah well i wish that for everyone I think the world would be so cool if all of mm -hmm. us were really more like that, more able to meet each other there. Yeah. I agree. I'd love to take two quick questions from the chat if we can. Sure. And the first is, uh, how is this different from doing therapy on a combination of MDMA and psilocybin together? Mm. And is that something you could speak to? Uh, we haven't really dove down the psilocybin yeah. road. Uh, but how do you see those two working together? And then I'll, I'll take another question after, yeah. and then please remind me uh, or someone on the call, remind me. I also want to end with how do people do this responsibly? Mm -hmm. And so how are we not setting people up to run out tonight, go mm -hmm. grab some MDMA, start driving to Vegas and be like, cool. I'll, the lady on the call said, I get to see the Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him my name. That's all. Marla Memons. Don't tell him who sent you. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I really can't speak to combinations of drugs. Okay. I've always kept my uh, trips pretty, you know, one thing at a time for me. Um, but I don't know what mm. might happen. It sounds kind of trippy. I think and, uh, uh, I won't. I won't say who asked this, but I'd say, yeah, you know, maybe if you do a little experiment, we can have you on as a speaker. That's um, right. <laughs> when when you know more than I, please share. Please, please share. Beautiful. Um, I think responsible use is a really important thing. I think mm -hmm. we have to consider, first of all, the ethics of it for our own being. Mm -hmm. You know, what am I doing, and what is uh, my hope. I, I always do it ceremoniously, even when I was, you know, a child in the bathtub with my suspenders on, you know, it was always a special time. And um, 
you know, this kind of idea about um, not to be greedy. I don't think greed is really appropriate in this universe of psychedelics and so forth. I think that, you know, we have a simple intention. We have a simple ceremony to allow ourselves to explore that. I definitely don't recommend cars or planes or other scary things and particularly not Las Vegas. (laughs) I am a nature girl and I recommend nature whenever possible because that's where most of us have our our peak experiences. Mm -hmm. We have peak experiences often in nature. And uh, so to to take this added treasure and explore it in us in a really safe and beautiful space, I think is is really the way to do it. But of course, you know, everybody has their way. I think that groups are lovely. You know, Mm -hmm. friends are good. But you want to be cautious who you bring into that space. For sure. And um, certainly there are a number of of people who I think um, are not really indicated. I think it would be contraindicated. People who have less than a pretty strong ego Mm. can lose their way pretty easily. I think that, um, um, you know, people with a lot of trauma in the past, maybe talk about it with somebody first, Mm -hmm. make sure that you have support don't just leap in there because it can actually be pretty terrifying um i would explore with cannabis first if Mm. i were brand new which i did then and i think most people do Mm -hmm. um it's one of the ways to to really retain a lot of agency Mm. um before you get into a place where you feel like oh no this is definitely something i am not controlling you Right, which is a, a lot more scary for people. Yeah, for sure. Carla, would you mind speaking about post-traumatic growth? Oh, I would love to. All right, game on. I would love to. Tedeschi and um, Clemens. De- Clemens and Tedeschi, not me, but somebody else. Oh, actually, it might have been Clemente. I can't remember now. That's one of the <laughs> lovely things about being my age is that you just say, Oh God, it's gone. I forget. But anyway, (laughs) these two people wrote uh, an article and talked about post-traumatic growth. Mm. And I was really happy because we all have a very large life experience. We all have some trauma that we know was really seriously traumatic and very destructive to us often. We also have peak experiences that we've had and that have been very transformational and powerful and good for us ultimately, right? So um, we have this long continuum, a vast continuum of possibilities. And so I think what I'm trying to say is when we are less afraid, when we can really experience the truth of the cycle of human life Mm. of all of its good and all of its bad and all of its scary and all of its thrilling, you know, that we actually grow a whole bunch from that. And the, 
the actual test that those two researchers created is, um, you know, spiritual growth, actually. And most people do grow spiritually mm. from uh, trauma. They might not think they're going to, and they might not want to, and they would, you know, argue with you about whether that's possible. But I can assure you that it's very possible. It's, it's pretty something, something that happens all the time. People mm. are always moving in this direction. So with transpersonal, my belief is that transformation happens that fast. You don't have to wait for a billion years and you don't have to go to thousands of therapy sessions. You can make a transformation like we're talking about in one session with yourself, really. Mm. So uh, to, to cut ourselves off from this possibility is, I think, really a terrible sentence. Mm. And realize we're talking, this is powerful stuff. This is more powerful than aspirin. This is more powerful than anything we have studied on this planet as medicine, right? Okay. This is, we're there. This is mm. it. It's big <clears throat> stuff. And we don't want to misuse it or use it unethically or, you know, try to do things with it that aren't skillful. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Carla, one more question, if you don't mind, before we transition. Say I was going to begin doing this as a series. How would Katie, my partner, support me as I'm going through it? Perhaps not in the moment or not, but afterwards and a day later yes. and five days later and a couple of weeks yes. later. What would you recommend for the partners out here listening? I think that's a great question. Listen as carefully, closely as you can. Be really present when you're talking about it and talk about it a lot. As mm. we make meaning, we shift what truth was to new truth. Mm. So you, what are the ways your partner processes? You know, so much processing goes on internally, but I think that's just because we don't know if anybody really wants to listen to this yet again. So ask a lot of questions. How are you feeling today about it? Mm. Has anything happened in your dreams that might have changed anything? Mm. How are you responding in your heart today? You know, there's a lot more to ask about than just what are you thinking? You know, how's your heart feeling? You know, what are your toes saying? I'd say take them to some beautiful places and sit down on rocks and ask them to tell you about what's going on. If you can't get to a place in the outdoors, you know, living rooms and bathtubs to work, just fine. Um, but it's about that closeness. It's about being seen. Mm. It's about being heard. It's about being understood and listened to and, and sort of, you know, this unconditional space where we get to be who we are in that moment, whatever mm. it is. And if there are tears, perfect. Yeah. If there's yelling, better yet. 
if they're stomping and racing around rocks and all that good, you know, it's really okay. We're not, uh, we're not required to have mm-hmm. a certain response, but we are required to be in ourselves, expressing that as fully as we can. And I think that leads to the best outcomes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Love that sounds like, yeah, love your yeah. partner. Love I think that's partner. just some, some damn good advice here anyway. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carla, do you have hope now that this is, like maps is the thing, like we're having this conversation publicly. Yeah, can you How, believe it? <laughs> right. It's, this isn't, I don't have like your eyes blacked out Shocking so no one can see who you are. This is the this is way better than anything I could have hoped for when I was 35, 40, yeah. 45, 50. I mean, it's been a long time coming and I'm thrilled, really thrilled to be where we are. I, I'm so excited to be able to just ask that your viewers keep this work going. That's mm. all. Just, you know, keep doing your part of finding yourself. Mm. finding your partners, finding your loved ones and creating this network above ground that exists underground. Mm. Some of us are all the same kind of tree. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, some of us are this kind of tree and others are that kind of tree. And some trees are not into this, but those that are need to find each other and connect up on our root level and say, you are my kind of tree and I love you and I want to be with you and hear you and spend time with you. And um, that I think is going to really improve things a lot in this fear we carry, you know, it isn't necessary. I'm so happy to be able to say, I really, I, I, if I were your age, I'd try to be less afraid. Mm. Isn't that what all the old people say? When I'm old, I'm going to wear purple. I do that. But um, it's also just about, you know, what you feel in your core energy, what comes up as a desire and a wish for yourself is something that you can have. You can have that. And it's a good thing to wish and desire and have core energy for life. That is a beautiful thing. That's why Mm. we're here. I think that's a perfect place to end this call, but I will ask you one final question. Mm -hmm. And Carla, this question gets bypassed and ignored and kind of shuffled around. (laughs) But specifically, if someone listening to this could serve you in a way or give you something or help you in some way, how, this is a pretty elite audience. I don't know if you know that. Uh, we're, this is not your normal folks. So what can we do for you? Specifically you, not the planet. Okay, I'm going to tell mankind, you, not humankind, what, you what came up in my mind. Send drugs. <laughs> no, that's bad, isn't it? <laughs> you win the Unplugged Award in the history <laughs> so bad of me no that is what first came up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
uh, is, is there, sure, I, I'd be happy to. And is there, that's going to happen, just so yeah. you know. But is yeah. there also yeah. like an option two? An option two is, <laughs> so here's the thing. I recently moved to Palm Springs, California. Okay. I live under the palm trees and it is so beautiful here. And I think if we envision each other in the most beautiful ways, beautiful places, beautiful spots, Mm. and see the beauty that each of us carries, then I think that's a powerful prayer. So if your viewers would just envision me out under the pine, they're not pine here. They're something else. Palms. That's what they are. They're not pines. They're palms. Envision me under the palms. You know, laying out in my little five-pointed star, loving the stars, loving the mountains, loving the moon. Meet me there. Just meet me there. Send me a little wish of health and well-being, and I will do the same for you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for that. Carla, if, if people want to find you, work with you, read more about you, yeah. do I, 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 I have a feeling you may not be on social media. No, it's kind of gone over my head. Yeah. <laughs> I where, kind of missed that. Yeah. Where, where um, can, where this can is people... my first podcast, I think. It's all downhill from here. Okay, uh, this, cool. This is, this is the best one. I want to join your group, though. It seems really fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm moving. I don't know where I'm going, but I am moving. I'm transitioning again. Okay. Um, and I, it, I'm not sure what's happening in this new transition. Okay. Um, I am always available on email. Not very. Uh, skillfully, but I do respond. And it, so if we wanted to put my email out there, I would get it. Okay. So that would be good. We could put that in our little, this little thing that comes up is so cool. What's your email, Carla? DR, D-R. as in doctor. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. CJ, as CJ. in Carla June. That's my name. And then my last name, Clements, C-L-E-M-E-N-T-S. Okay at msn.com thank you katie that's it on your little chat box thank that's you. it and i would love to hear from you i'm um i don't know i'm kind of in a in a place of just saying okay what's next mm. what's next um loving <laughs> what i've done in the past and feeling like it's you know it's moving it's changing it's going to be different i don't know what it looks like yeah yeah yeah. Carla, th- thank you from the bottom of my heart oh, for coming on here and, and you are so welcome. Hulk smashing uh, <laughs> this conversation <laughs> with the, the, the most open heart I think we've ever had. Uh, I truly, truly appreciate you. I'm, you I'm not. So I usually well. do a pitch at the end of this and try to sell up. I'm not going to do anything but say if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> can we actually take thirty seconds and all close our eyes and pray oh, in your heart? That. And wish it. you some love. And I re- I know you've recently had a, a little bit of a loss. My cat died today. Yeah, can That's we... why my eyes are so Yeah. Red. What's your cat's name? Or what? His name is Rolo. 
Rolo. Okay, yeah, so we're yeah, just going to end with 30 seconds yeah. of sending love to you and Rolo. All right, folks, put hey. your hands on your hearts, unless you're driving. Let's take a breath in. And let's just shower this woman and her cat with love. And if you're listening to this after the fact, do this as well. And let's take one big breath in together and just blast this beautiful human with as much love as we can send out. Going to the moon, going to the moon. <laughs> Carla, have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you Thank so you. much for simply being who you are on this planet <laughs> and for Thanks. coming on tonight and sharing yourself with my amazing audience. And for you all, I, I hope this was a treat. I don't know who we have coming on that's ever going to top this. But Carla, thank you immensely. You are a pleasure. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye, Traver. Good night, Carla. This is Traver Bohm signing off on another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please give us a share. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you're interested in getting a hold of my book, Man Uncivilized, whether you're a man or a woman, please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book and get reading.